<laughs> I love the Hendrix, man. Oh my gosh. I still met my dad playing Hendrix for me. Mm. This is Foxy Lady. Foxy Lady. No, no. Purple Haze. Purple Haze, that's what it is. Yeah. Purple Haze, sorry. You know, it's funny, it's, um, Hendrix is what I wanted to name our last child. Oh, that's cool. But Emily's like, we're not naming our last child after someone that killed himself with drugs. Oh, my gosh. So we went with Hendrick. He, Hendrick was cool. <laughs> yeah, but Jimi Hendrix was quite the, um, quite the musician. He was quite ahead of his time. His story is something else. It, it really is. Well, his tell me what amazing. you know about Tell me a story. Just, just the fact <clears> that <throat> he taught himself how to play the guitar, left-handed. His hands are humongous. Like, I, there, there's no explanation for how well he plays the um, the guitar at all. It, it really legit is amazing. Have you ever watched the old Woodstock videos at all? Oh, totally. Oh, my gosh. He's so talented. But um, it's one of those things that you, you hear for the first time, at least for me as a kid, if my dad played for me, and I'd be like, wow. That, like, hits you. Like, you feel it. Like, no music today, at least in my opinion, you feel as much as you feel like a guitar or you feel those other instruments. Yeah, the thing that strikes me about Jimi Hendrix is whether you listen to it in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s or now, it's still cool. It's, it's just rock cool. star cool music. It's like way talented. Cool. Way talented. <sighs> it defies time. When he plays music, he um, when they play it back in the studio, they make it, they'd cut out his voice because he refused to hear his voice. He said, he, he said, I sing horribly. Um, I don't want, I don't want to hear it. I just want to listen to the guitar. And I, Damn, he cool. always said Bob Dylan wrote the lyrics that he always wanted to write. Wow. So he very did, cool. he redid a few of the Bob Dylan songs that are amazing. But anyways. Yeah. Hey, welcome. 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 Sam Bracken here. BA. The BA. The BA. Uh, BA. Can stand for badass or <laughs> Brian Arnold or. Or bum. Or. Biden. Oh, yeah. Oh, like what happened here? Super, Super Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Biden won seven states. Really? Yeah. How'd Bernie do? Bernie probably will take California, Texas. And if he took California, it doesn't matter then. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be Biden and Bernie. It's gonna be B squared. It's gonna be a race between socialist tenants <laughs> and a aging Democrat. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how that all comes down. But it will be interesting to see how that yeah. all goes down. But yeah, so I had a lot of good feedback on the feminist. Oh, that was a fun little podcast. That was a fun podcast. We we'll have to get more professors or some people smarter yeah. than us on here. Yeah, it's very it's very good to do that. I think we had some little technical difficulty, but we did. Sorry, guys. We fixed we fixed it. So we I haven't fixed, fixed it. We fixed it. So we yeah. were thinking today a topic that might be cool is a really profound book I read years ago called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. So it's James Allen. I was doing a little research about him. Is that my phone? No, that's okay. Oh, right. I'm going to turn my phone. Yes, Sorry. That's Sam. <laughs> Dang it, I never do that. That wasn't me. But James Allen, I think I was looking him up. It's very... Um, he's... Yeah, see, so what was the year? He was born in the 18... I want to say like 60s or 80s? 18 or 19? 18. 
He's that old. As a man thinketh. Oh yeah. Came out in 1904. Oh wow. I didn't know that's that old. I knew, I thought it was like early thirties, late 1903. 1903. Boy, yeah. that's a profound book for being written over a hundred years ago. Yeah. 1903. And, um, I was like, Oh, and I didn't know that either. So I looked up, I was like, really that old? Like, dang. It's one of those books where, uh, that you should read probably either in this, is my opinion, I'd like to hear your opinion, Sam, early twenties. Yeah. Read it early and often. early. Yes. Early and often. Like think and grow rich. Right. You need to read that early and how often. to win f- friends and influence people. Yes. Read those books early and often. Only if you want to make money. Right. Only right. if you want to transform your life. Right. Only if you want to be as cool as me and Sam, basically. Yeah. Cause we are cool. God, you know who, you know what I hate? Can I just, I have to throw this out because I've been dealing with it all day. Dennis. Dennis. I have a sore tooth and it's freaking killing me. Dennis who? Dentist. Oh, oh dentist. dentist. I'm not pronouncing oh, the my teeth. The dentist. The guys that work on your teeth. Oh my gosh. Yes, I, well, I hate when that happens. Yeah. Oh, where do you, I carry my stress sometimes in my jaw. Yeah. You're a grinder. You probably grind it. Well, not like high school, but yeah, I do the same. My whole teeth are. Maybe somebody got that joke out there. I got it. I'll I totally got it. See, I'm, see, I'm, I'm trying to avoid it. He's purposely. <laughs> he's trying purposely. to avoid it. Sam, Sam does not see. <laughs> Trust me. I may be slow, but I'm also. No, no, no. no I'm it also. Seems, it seems like both you and I are just a little tired tonight. Yeah, we are a little tired. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but getting back to this James <laughs> Allen stuff, which is fascinating. So um, I've learned uh, in, you know, in the last several years, I learned that this kind of logic that happens is very fascinating. Um, a good, I have a lot of friends who are clinical specialists, they're therapists, and, and what they've taught me over the years is that every emotion that you have was triggered by a thought first. So if you have negative emotions, it's the thought that triggered it first. If you have positive emotion, it's the thought that triggered it first. So... Mm, well, that's, that's, that's the, I know that's the therapeutic approach, right? Therapeutic approach. But yeah. like, you know, I start thinking of ultimate examples, right? Like I'm just like, okay, someone stabs you in the freaking thigh, yeah. which is symbolic. I don't know why I said that, but anyway, it's like a darning needle to the leg. Yes. Exactly. So someone stabs you in that your emotions are pain and pissed off. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm talking more about, um, um, I'm talking more about you wake up, you feel like shit. You're wondering why you feel like shit. It's because there's some thought that triggered it. I'm not talking about someone punched you in the face. Okay. So you're not right? talking I'm, like, uh, I'm talking more about your daily activities, your daily routines, and that every emotion you have is triggered first by a thought. So if you wake up and you think I suck, I'm terrible. I'm I hate my life. I hate my job. I hate this. You're going to wake up and you're gonna, it's going to give you the emotion yeah. of feeling like crap. Yeah, you're not or if you, yeah, yeah, if you wake up and you think, you know what? I have a lot of things to do today. Um, life is good. Life is grand. I've learned a lot and I'm going to make it, I'm going to make some things happen today. It'll trigger a positive emotion, right? Yeah. So the thing about it is, is if, if it works that way, you have free will, right? So you can control your thoughts. If you can control your thoughts, then you can control your emotions. So let me ask you a question about that. Yeah. Can negative thoughts though be a motivator? Oh, absolutely. Fear can be a motivator. Yeah, but negative thoughts. So Mm -hmm. you say you wake up and you're like, hate my job. Okay, for example, does that make you go out and look for a new job that's better for you? Good. Or it could paralyze you with fear. Right. Or it paralyzes you with um, 
don't know, just negativity, right? Yeah, like, you, let's say yeah. you go to work, you hate your job, so you go to work and you give up and you don't care whether you do it or not. You're just showing up to get a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, and so I'm trying to think. Is a, is a, so let me read you this quote that I read about the book. About as, about, man, as a man thinketh. Yeah, it says, this book, it shows how in his own thought world, so thought world, each man holds the key to every condition, good or bad, that enters into his life, and that by working patiently and intelligently upon his thoughts, he may remake his life and transform his circumstances. Oh, what a great insight. So let me give you, for instance, years ago, I was complaining about my terrible childhood. How many years ago? 30 years ago. <laughs> I was going to say, because like, you, you could have complained a lot longer than that. But yeah, I, was going, yeah. I had a friend of mine. I think he was just probably sick of it. Me complaining about it. Woe mm -hmm. is me, this, that, and the other. And he looked me right square in the eye. And he said, Sam, I think all that crap you went through was the best thing that ever happened to you. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, screw how you. in the hell could it be the best thing that ever happened to me? Screw you. Yeah, I was like mad at first. And then I thought and pondered on it. And I'm like, well, what have I become because of all that? I'm like... Well, damn, he's, he's right. Like, he's sort of right. It is the best thing that ever happened to me. I've turned that trauma and that pain and that suffering into, you know, first of all, I overcame it and, and moved forward. I became a transition figure. I don't do what I was taught to do. And um, these days, I spend my whole life and everything that I do to build people and help people, the foundation that, you know, I helped mm -hmm. co-found, all this kind of stuff is all because of that suffering. So, so without it, I don't have that empathy. I don't have that. I don't have those blessings. And I'm like, well, well, damn. And uh, that isn't that the truth? Like, it, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. But it's just the way I framed it. I could say, well, it's terrible, and the world's not fair, and life sucks, and I hate my life, and blah 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 blah. Or I could say, you know, there's some valuable lessons learned there. Probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm the one. My cognition frames that up. No one else. It's my choice and my thinking my cognition that can think about my thoughts. No other species of animal can think about their thoughts. Human beings can. Mm -hmm. And if you can think about your thoughts, then you can control your emotions and you can control your destiny. Because the way you think impacts what you learn and how you consume information, which impacts your belief, which in impacts your vision, mm -hmm. which impacts what you do, and what you do produces your results. Shwala. Devil's advocate coming. Love it. I want to just, I want yes. you to challenge the <laughs> crap out of this thinking. So, so here's my question though. Okay. And I, we've talked about this before you and I on our drive to Maverick or whatever yeah. is <laughs> I've said to you, okay, Sam, my childhood compared to your childhood, as we talked about last week, I had way more opportunities. I had way more stability. I had way more blah, blah, blah. Right. And I've been able to accomplish X. <clears throat> you from your childhood have accomplished X also, but you had to come a lot further than I had to in accomplishment because yeah, well, you, are, you, you didn't some, have the same things. Yeah, in some regards I have, yeah. Well, just like from a world, let's go world standards. Okay. Okay, you've, you've gone a greater distance to accomplish what you've accomplished than I've had to go. Yeah, that Correct? does... That doesn't mean you haven't suffered. No, but I just, that's just, I'm just setting my premises. Okay, I got the premise. To get my argument correct. I got the context. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, so, so if you would have had my childhood, 
would you have accomplished higher than X and gone Y? Because your personality is you've gone the greater distance. So yes, it may have been the best thing for you, but could you have accomplished more with a more stable opportunity field childhood? I used to think yes to that question. Today, I don't. Oh, okay, now that's fascinating. Now tell me why yeah. you don't think that. Here's why. Because Cause cause here's my point. I just want to say this before you go into that. Okay. You wouldn't have been lazier. You wouldn't have been less goal-oriented. You wouldn't have been less of a go-getter with, with my childhood, because at least my beliefs is sometimes you're born, some people are born personally, is what I think, uh, with more of that want to go get it attitude, or they just want something more. I don't think you would have been born with any less of that. Okay. Do you want me to answer? I don't know. I just, I just love cutting you off though, right there and saying love stuff. It. I love it. Okay. Right, right, yeah, yes. So this is sort of what, what happens when you go through years of therapy. <laughs> So, there's a lot of things that happen when you go through years of therapy. <laughs> so true. So, um, so what happens is um, I don't think if I wouldn't have had that great opposition early, young, like things were so bad so early, when I'm eight or nine years old, I'm asking myself the profound questions. Why am I here? What's my purpose? What the hell am I going to do with my life? So I asked, and most people don't ask those questions till they're 25 or 28. I was asking them when I was nine. Right. 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 So, right. so I go to these profound questions. I start pondering and I start thinking and I'm like, no, I'm not going to be like them. I'm going to be somebody else. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I'm going to be this. And it became a massive driving force for me. So it ignited, ignited energy to change and become a different person because of it was so hard so young had i had more privilege and less trauma and more wealth and more education and more i don't know what i would have become i don't know if i would have had anything to fight against to run toward no passion no purpose that probably doesn't come to me until i'm in my mid-20s i definitely wouldn't play football because football was an angst for me to try to kill people and, um, and, and really take out hardcore aggression because of the way I was raised. So I probably wouldn't have been as good a football player. I know I wouldn't have been as good a football player because I actually loved to cause people physical pain. I loved to blow them up. I just, it just made me happy. Yeah, but you still, I mean, if you could still play football physically, you would still enjoy that, even though now oh, you're right. at a different stage in knowledge of life. And there's something weird about football that all the really good ones... Wee hoo! Yeah, They're little crazy. Cuckoo. Little cuckoo, little cuckoo, little over aggressive, little wackadoo, right? So, yeah. so my point in this, in, in saying, I don't, I'm not so sure, Brian, that had I had more privilege, more access to power and wealth, and and education, and uh, you know, uh, let's say, a, th a theological foundations mm -hmm. and all, I don't know if I'd have become a better person. Well, I really well, don't. I don't know I, what a better person means or, either. Well, I guess, yeah, well, I don't know if I, I would have been as successful. I don't know. Obviously, we, we, neither of us know. It's fun to talk about. I mean, it's fun to think about. I always think back to my childhood, and I'm like, <clears throat> my issues was I loved basketball, right? So anything that surrounded that or any challenge that came around basketball was the thing that changed my thoughts or my life as an eight, nine-year-old. I mean, just a little insight. I mean, in fourth grade, 
fourth, fourth or fifth grade. And, and this is where it comes back to where the, your friend said to you is one of your greatest blessings. I've had someone say this issue that I had as a fifth grader was one of the biggest blessings of my life. Where I'm at an AAU tournament in Florida. Tournament's over. Coach comes to me and my dad and says, Brian, if you want to play on the team next year, and by the way, we're the number one, we're the number one team in the state of Utah, best team in Utah. And he says, you're going to have to lose weight. And I'm fourth grader. I'm like, lose weight? What do you mean I'm fat? Like, I don't even know what weight is, right? I'm just a growing fourth grader, right? Fifth grader, whatever. And I'm like, what? what? My dad says this to me. Brian, if you want to lose weight, I'll help you. If you don't, I love you still. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Basketball can be taken away from me because of my weight? So as a fifth grader, I'm eating cube steak and salad and getting on an elliptical three times a week to lose weight that I didn't even know weight existed at that age, right? You know, kids are fat or whatever, but you didn't know yourself is right. And so that changed my perspective and how to hard work and blah, blah, blah. Something that little compared to your childhood, but had kind of the same uh, driver outcome. Well, I mean, I had a very similar experience when I was nine years old, I weighed 137 pounds. Do you even remember the number? I don't even yeah. remember the number. I had to lose 20, 27 pounds to play in Pop Warner football against kids two years older than me. That's crazy. So I went on a diet and I lost it. Yeah. And I, to play against t- kids two years older than me. Because you loved it. Because I, yeah, cool. Because I loved it because I wanted to go kill people. <laughs> right, right, right. But you, but I mean, you, we had you, a very similar yes. experience, right? We both. Yes. Because to excel in something we were passionate about, we had to do some things that were, were different. You had to sacrifice right. something. You had to sacrifice that, to get something we wanted. That even at that age, you don't even understand. No, I, didn't, I had no idea. But you're like, I'll do whatever it takes to be able to play or do something I love. Yeah, totally. I think totally. everyone in their lives have these circumstances or something that happens to them that makes them self-reflect, whether they know they are self-reflecting or not. And then they have to make a decision. But how you think about that decision... Really det- determines the outcome. Right. You have victim. You have you, you can have a victim mentality. You can have a, you know, I always tell my kids like, okay, you get two negative. You can, if something bad happens, okay, say two negative things, but we're going to say 10 positive things and then we're moving forward. You don't yeah. get to say negative stuff again. Yeah. Clap and say next. That's right. <laughs> move on. Yeah. Quit your, okay, bitch it out and move on. Move, yes. move forward. Yes. You know, so, um, uh, I'd like to know what our listeners think. Like, what do they think about, do you think your, th- your thinking has that big of an impact on your emotions Yeah. and that big of an impact on how you see things? Because, you know, if someone, if someone sees, if they can't see it, they can't do it. It has a big, um, and the way you think and whether you, you know, how you learn really impacts your awareness and ignorance is the enemy of choice, change and achievement and awareness enables all sorts of wonderful things it enables growth and enables achievement enables a lot of things and being aware doesn't come without learning and thinking about what you've learned so you can but self-honesty you gotta be honest with yourself that's that's a hard thing that's a hard thing how many people do you know brian are really honest with yourself not very many with their with themselves no not very many i know i know like i don't even know Nobody comes to my mind. Well, nobody that's does it totally 100%. honest with themselves. Yeah, nobody does it 100%. No, everybody is the hero of their own story. Correct. 
the stories just get better. Yeah. Well, let me tell you how good I was in That's college. Right. Did you play college I've football? Heard, I, I played college football. Man, let me tell you something. I'm a super whammy <laughs> whoop-de-doo, and every year that I haven't played, I get better and better and better. And I even have pictures and plaques and awards that in I my am, office here. I am here jealous that, of that stuff, though. <laughs> I am jealous. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got an oil painting in here. Yeah, it's pretty bitchin'. That is, that is really cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I had a collegiate football card made after me, and it was, like, really cool. Yeah, dude. my kids about lost it when they saw that. Did they think I was a legend? Oh, dude, they know you're a legend. <laughs> I'm a legend in my own mind. They know you're a legend. <laughs> so here's my question, and I got to ask this. Do you really believe you can remake, remake, as he says, your life through your thoughts? And is that a real remake or is that the fiction we put in our brains about ourselves? I, I think you can. I think you create your own destiny through your thoughts and paradigms and actions. So let's, I'm going to use a biblical example here. Are you familiar with the, the, the biblical character, the biblical character of Job? Of course. He's a good man. Yeah, good man. Lost and the, everything. Lost everything. The story goes, I don't know how accurate it is, but the story no. goes that Satan and God had a conversation and God was bragging to Satan about how good Job was. And Job said, well, he's good because he has everything. If you take away everything, he won't be good. Mm-hmm. So the God allowed Satan to take away everything. And then one day he lost his family, his fortune. He was cursed with boils and he stank. And all his friends said, why don't you curse God and die? But what did right. Job do? Didn't curse God. No. What he, he you know, what he, what he was able to do is say, what is happening to me is bad. Shaved his head, got in sackcloth and ashes, and he worshiped God. What is happening to me is bad, but the way I'm going to respond will be good. Yeah. And he remained faithful in the midst of the shitstorm yeah. of losing his whole family, losing all of his wealth, losing his health. He lost everything a man could lose. Mm-hmm. And because he remained faithful... God blessed him with exponential wealth and growth. And he became the wealthiest man in the world. Yes. And he had a family and his family went on forever. And so, and, and that doesn't happen if Job doesn't have a perspective and thinking about the true nature of his opposition. I agree. That I agree. This opposition is, you know, whatever the Lord did, he allowed it, whatever. My job is to do my best in the midst of the crap storm. And to what's happening to me is bad, but the way I'm going to respond is going to be good. That was his free will and choice. And he was rewarded for that. I think everybody's rewarded for that kind of perspective because it's hard to do. It's not easy. It's simple, but it's hard. Is wealth a reward, though, from God? I mean, this is one I've I've gone back and forth on. But does God really bless people with money in excess? Like, does he say... I mean, there's a million different ways to look at this. Okay. So like if you're, if you're given intelligence and how you use that intelligence or whatever, but does he like, I was having this conversation, I guess, let me give you an example here. It's having this conversation of, um, a family member that wants to buy a house, but do they really want to buy a house or do they want a house in a certain area? And they said to me, well, I just don't know what God wants me to do. And I was like, hmm. So you're telling me that if you decide you want it in a certain area that somehow God's going to drop out like a hundred grand on your lap and that's a blessing. Like, do you see what I'm saying here? Oh yeah. 
I don't think God gives a crap about where you live your house. I don't think house. so either, but I also don't think... Except in our neighborhood across from yeah, each other. Yeah, of course, in our neighborhood. Because we're special. Because we're super special. <laughs> like, we're just the coolest human beings ever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just like, I don't think God blesses people in that way. Because, I mean, I don't know. It, it all goes back to life experience. For me, I've learned, and, and trust me, I've blown some money in my days. But I've realized... It just doesn't make me as happy as watching my kid play soccer or basketball. I think you have a talent for making money. I think you have a gift to make money. So I can make money, but it doesn't make me happy. No, but I think you're also abundant. And I think if you, if you weren't abundant, you'd make less money. I agree with that a thousand percent. I think the concept of abundance invites greater abundance in your life. Uh, and the concept of scarcity, like if you think abundantly... I think you will move to seeing abundance and receiving abundance. I think if you think with a scarcity, that, yeah. if you think with scarcity, you'll receive a scarcity and you'll be stingy and you'll get nothing or very little. A, a thousand percent. Yeah. Might, so this is an scarcity. example of as you think, right? As you right. think with abundance, you receive abundance. And it's hard. As you think with scarcity, you receive scarcity. Yeah. There's always, yeah. I was always told there's always more money you can go make. Right. Like right now the markets are going to, they're in. Hell, they're going up and down. Yesterday we had record bounce back. Today we, you know, it's again it's down seven hundred points and and whatever. I'm buying like crazy. That's when you buy, right? I'm buying, I'm buying because it makes sense to me that it's going to come back. Yeah, well, it's going to come back because a lot of this crap is just bull. Right? Yeah, it's bull crap. So, you know, it's the but, flu. I mean, it's coronavirus, which is a flu, and it may be pandemic, but right now the swine flu is far worse than yeah. the coronavirus. Listen, and money's no good to spend it. Right, right. And then the other thing of people that have an abundance mentality and they think with abundance, they think differently about money. So I have a friend. He's a mutual friend of ours. Mm. He's very wealthy. Mm. He taught me this. Sam, money is to make money. You use money to make money. Mm -hmm. And you, you need your money working for you. Mm -hmm. Like, so he would just take cash and dump it here and dump it there and dump it there because he just wants the money working for him. Because some of them are going to work and some of them is not going to work. Right. Some of it's going to work, some of it's not going to work. Right? right? You're going to lose money. You're going to lose money, but it's the using of the money to make money. So you and I are about to start a new business venture. Yep. And it's going to make us a shit ton of money. Correct. Right? And we just know it. Right? Right. And like, we got people wanting to give us money. They're they're like, um, they're lining up. It's Correct. crazy how much money people are wanting to give us. Yes. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I don't. No. no, because we're going to make money with or without you. Correct. Right? And, um, but... We're going to use that money to make money, and our abundance is going to help us. Correct. Right? And if we had a scarcity mentality, matter of fact, the product we're creating is to create abundance for people. Correct. It's to help them get what's theirs. Well, right? It's to, to help them get proper representation so they can... It's, it's just to help them in general. Yeah, to help, yeah, to them. help them get new, a new start. Right? A new start on life. Right. And, uh, and it's really good, and it's really smart, and it's brilliant that you've come up with the idea, and I'm, I think it's going to be helpful. But... But people have ideas all the time. Mm -hmm. And have you, ever been, have you ever been around someone that was a business owner and they're like stingy bastards and they're like, yes. they're just really super tight and they yes. watch every penny and, they're, and they're, they have a scarcity mindset. And their wives aren't happy. Yeah, their wives, no <laughs> one's happy. No one's happy with them, right? And in the end, they may save a few more dollars than your average Joe, but they're so miserable because they, it's, it's Ebenezer Scrooge. It's the freaking Scrooge deal. Yes. Right? right? So that's one of my favorite, a, a Christmas Carol is one of my favorite stories because mm -hmm. it's a story of redemption and abundance. 
Yep. Charles Dickens is teaching us a lot more than just a Christmas story. Absolutely. He's teaching us how to approach life, how to think about life. Yes. Ebenezer Scrooge had three ghost visits visit visit him that scared the living shit out of him that changed his thinking and his perspective and his paradigm, which then in turn changed his belief and behavior. He became a man of great abundance. He did. It became more about people and helping them than stockpiling billions of dollars. And I'm going to go back to something earlier. You just said like people always have ideas. And here's my, I, here's my thing is I've learned this is you have to be committed to your ideas. And what I mean by that is when you commitment, and I learned this from Inky, Inky Johnson, and I like the way he described it. Commitment is eliminating all excuses. It really means you're all in. No excuses. You are all in. You are yeah. committed. No, no escape clause. You committed. Yeah. All in. You're all in. Yeah, uh, you're failure's in. not an option. And no excuses. You can't say, well, because of this or that, mm -hmm. or I did. No, you take, that, a, you that. take extreme uh, Jocko Willick and, you know, Leif Babin, you take extreme own ownership. You, you, you own it. To. You own it. That's part of being honest with yourself. Yeah. That's, Not, and it sucks. It does. Because if you fail, it's your fault. It is. It <laughs> and if is. you succeed, it's your fault. Exactly. Right? And then everyone's going to think it just came easy. Right. They always will. They'll always but, underestimate the effort it takes to make the money. I've always told people that's the reward. Yeah. People look at you, your successful attorney, your dad was an attorney. You know, you had, they just think you're spoon fed. They yes. have no idea the op obstacles you faced. None. No. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Cause they can think what they think. They can think what they think. Right. But you know, I know. And that's fine. It's just like the reward for me. Sometimes one of the rewards is seeing the dumbfoundness on their face. Yeah. So it's funny when people meet me for the first time and they have social settings and they don't know anything about my past, they're like, oh yeah, you're a spoon-fed white kid that had all this privilege and everything. I'm like, yeah, you don't know jack shit about nope. me. Nope. But the funny thing is, is what they think about me based on the way I live now. Correct. Right? And um, they have no idea. <laughs> no, you're going to get judged like crazy. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really care whether you, th I mean, so for me, I'm like, okay, whatever. Think what you think. I see your benefit though. Yeah, it's totally to my benefit. I don't necessarily want people in my business about stuff like you know, that. You don't want you you want them to have their perception because it's always going to benefit you because they're going to live in this false reality and you but you know the reality that they're thinking and then you can use it to your benefit. Yeah, they want to be your friend because they think you're artificially successful or whatever and you know and all this other stuff and people want to network with me. They always want my time. They always want to meet with me and I'm like yeah, I'm not meeting with them. No, because like, the only way we exchange value is money. And if they're not willing to pay you, then there's right. no, then they don't value it. Yeah, people value what they pay for. Correct. If you're giving something free, then no one's going to value it. Nope. Not, not unless it's a very pure thing. Yeah, unless it's altruistic then. But yes. there is no such thing as altruism. Nope. That's what you think. Nope. And I'm, Mr. Nope. I'm like Dr. Altruism. I don't even know if that's a word. Altruistic. So Someone's always receiving a bigger benefit than the other, no matter if they both believe they're not. What does that mean? So some of my worst clients are the ones I do pro bono work for. Explain that to me. Some of your worst clients you do work for free. Yeah. So when you do, and this happens very often, it's very <clears throat> rare that it's the opposite, but very often when you do pro bono work, those clients are the ones that call up and complain the most or calling your office all the time are the ones 
just whining about every little thing because they don't have any skin in the game. So is that why you're giving me pro bono work tomorrow morning? Oh, geez. Am I one of your worst clients? <laughs> like, I don't think you've called my office one time. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm one of your worst clients. Yeah, but no, I said Brian's representing Brian's representing me in court um, tomorrow morning because I made a very stupid decision. But I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to tell the audience. Well, now you just got them thinking, but that's fine. I mean, I like it because now they're like, mm, what did Sam do? I, I did a naughty. It's not a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a divorce, thank God. Because he would represent Kim and I'd be out. He would not represent. He's already made me know that if I ever get a divorce from Kim, he's representing her and I'm host. And he's the best divorce attorney in the country. So I really would be host. It's over. It's over. (laughs) He'd be like, give her everything and just go live in a sweat teepee because you're done. Start over, bro. You're done. Start over. Go live with Bo. No way. (laughs) There's no way in hell I'm going to live with Bo. Stephanie, his wife would not tolerate it, number one. But I do love my little Mac, my little grandson. He is a stud. What a beautiful kid. You know what? I'd take everything from you in your divorce, but I'd probably offer you a room in our basement. Oh, thank you so much. It's not finished yet, so I'd be in a sweat teepee down there. Offer you a room in our basement. I'd get like a Coleman stove, and I'd be like cooking coffee and stuff on the little stove. That would be funny. But um, that would be so great. Anyway, but so yeah, how do you, how does someone change their thinking? So here's a question for you. So if you've, if you, if you thought one way your whole life and that's really produced a bunch of bullshit for you and a bunch of misery, how do you change your thinking? What changes one's thinking? You just have to make the, cho- to me, you have to make the choice and you have to do it. There's nothing else that I think, unless you're having three ghosts visit you in the middle of the night that makes you automatically change your thinking. You just have to make an active choice like everything else to do it. So you just think it's will, willpower. What changes your thinking is willpower. I think that's the first step. Because if if you're having the thought that I may need to change my thinking, then you have to make the decision. You have to have the willpower to do it. See, I think what what changes your thinking um, is learning. No. Well, that's... I think learning, when you really learn, learn. when, when you really learn about things, it can affect your thinking. Unless you're, I see in our society though, that's so hard to say that because learning in our society, you can find anything to support the way you think you should think. So if I, if I believe that. So I got an argue with my daughter tonight. Oh boy. Yes. Cause I did this on purpose. Cause I've been, <laughs> you've been my friend and you're ruining me. Hannah goes, I believe in global warning. Oh. Warming to you, honey, you dad, do you dad? And I'm like. Oh, hell no, I don't believe. I, I said this completely on purpose. I said, that's all fake news and it's a fantasy. And and Hannah got super mad at me. She's like, you're ignorant. And like, she would like went off on me. Mm-hmm. And then the more she went off on me, the more I said, yeah, it's just fictitious. It's made up. It's imaginary. And because I was trying to get her all her dander up to have a hardcore conversation so that we could both learn. Yes. And, and it was funny because then... Our friend Luke, who's staying with us for a while, Luke said, you don't believe in global warming? I said, no, it's all a fantasy. And then Kim and Luke and Hannah all were like busting me on it. And all I was doing was I was testing them to see if they actually believed in it. Right. And, and, um, And I just wanted to get them to think about it more. Right. Yeah, I'm sure there is global warming. Like, I love inciting yeah, people. Yeah. Is it is it as devastating as they think it is? No. And Hannah used this argument. Hello. Like she hasn't been brainwashed and programmed for this. 
Yeah, you don't care about global warming because you're going to be dead. Oh, boy. I care about it because my children will be oh, affected. Okay. My children and my grandchildren will be affected by it. I'm like, how do you even know that the world will be around by then? Like a nuclear, you know, just, and I'm like, you have no idea. And like, no. so the worst thing I did, and then finally I just started laughing. And they're like, you're doing this to make us mad. And I'm like, hello. That's exactly right. Bingo. Doing this to help you think. To make you think. Challenge. You're challenging them. Challenging the paradigms in their thinking. Mm -hmm. And you know what? None of them used facts. No, like they don't. None of them went to facts. Because global warming, it's so brilliant what they've done is they've made it an emotional issue. They've made it um, something that you are going to die if you don't think about global warming this way. And the other side does that too, right? Like they'll figure out something else like... With Bernie Sanders, you'd be like, oh, you are going to be so broken. You're not going to da, 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 if he's the president. It, emotions, emotions, emotions. We're not moving ourselves forward intelligently. Yeah. It's like it's hard to build consensus anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. Because everybody just, they argue and go back to their corner instead of talking out. Heaven forbid we have a conversation where you disagree with me. And because we have a really good conversation, that you influence my thinking and I change my opinion. Right. It's like... I change my opinion all the damn time because I have provocative conversations with people who are much smarter than me. And I think, you know, they got a point here. And I'm like, maybe I'm going to move that direction a little bit because I believe what they're saying is right. Maybe I'll look into it more. Yeah. And, but the problem is who facilitates this is, this is at the core of our life karma brand. Mm -hmm. It's at the core of our brands. Yes. Have a conversation, have learn from each other, learn listen. from one and listen. listen, listen and learn and and uh, be better because of someone else's different perspective. And, and we do have a great shirt coming out for this. It has something to do with your brain. Ooh. Like use your brain. Yes. Your brain is where the emotions, the intellect, everything begins there. <clears throat> because that's where you think. Bingo. Where you think. It starts, it all starts with the way you think. Yeah. I even think about scooter dating in law school. He's dating all, in law school? Yeah, it's all about how you first have the first thought, which should be confidence. You should have confidence in yourself and then move on from there. How can you date in law school? It's a very interesting thing. You are so busy studying. I know. And I watch people do it in law school, like date like crazy. And I'm like, and then get drunk all weekend. And then, <laughs> how does that work? I'm like, how are do you, you just forget all the stuff? All the or, or you know what? They're probably just way more intelligent than me, and can they can, can do, do it. it? Yeah, they just do it. I just knew like Brian can't do that. I could not do that. Oh man, it's amazing. But whatever. Yeah, hats off to you guys. Hats but yes, off. but the shirt will be coming out. I'm still working on the feminist one. I've had a few ideas, but none of them have just clicked. Yeah. So direct messages and uh, or Instagram yeah. messages if you have any idea for a feminist shirt. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I've got a few. I, I, none of them have clicked perfectly though in my brain. <sighs> but yeah, well, we feminism the, is about equality, right? This correct. is what we learned. It's we all about it. Yes, it's supposed to be about equality for everyone. For everyone. Yeah. We did have a really good conversation last week. Well, the first OG is coming out in aqua blue this week, also. Ooh, gotta yeah. love that. Yes. It's really cool, actually. I it's love really that. Good. It's like a summer color. Summer because you know, spring has sprung. I did, I, I posted a video today on my Facebook page about the new beginnings of spring. Oh, yes, the moisture, the blossoms, the bad weather going bye bye. 
Just take me to Hawaii again. That's where I want to go. Hawaii would be nice. Just go back. Sit on the beach. Go back. My brain. You had some good ideas out of your trip. I need to go back. Hawaii is great. We should go back. Jeez. Well, we should hang out. <sighs> Maybe we should all go. We should. Maybe we should hold a life karma party in Maui. Oh, absolutely. I think we... I think we'd be the only two that show up, but hey. Hey. I think we should... party. I should, we should rent some G-Wagons. G-Wagons. And like G-wagon. drive around Hawaii in the G-Wagon. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. Anything else we want to talk about tonight about... I don't... I as, mean, as you thinketh, so shall you become. Good luck. Good freaking luck. It's not easy. Not easy. It's something that we've all been challenged with and we all have been trying to do for a long, long time. Long time. Wow. Long time. So we encourage you to create your future with your thoughts Mm -hmm. and learn and grow and realize that what is happening to you may be bad, but you can you can do good in the midst of it. Well, you know you do good, but you can change yourself. You can change yourself and change your future. Yep. Makes all the difference. Move along, people. Life karma. Get some Jimi Hendrix in your life. Change those thoughts. Take that purple haze. Just don't do acid, Mr. (laughs) Dan. Have a great week, everyone. Later, later. (laughs) Whatever it is, that girl put a spell on me.